Welcome to this webinar series, Physical Activity Researcher Podcast and International Society for Physical Activity and Health, ISPA, have started collaboration. We have edited their webinars to audio-only podcast versions, so you can listen them also on the go. Our mission is to advance science and share scientific knowledge, so if your organization has relevant webinars or lectures and would like to get more audience to them, please let us know. But without further ado, let's jump to the webinar. We now come to the panel discussion. We've got about 10 to 15 minutes to have a discussion. There have been some uh, conversations in the chat, which is excellent. Um, there are a few in the question and answer, which I think we can go through. Uh, so Mark and Lauren, if you um, are there, ready to have a discussion, that would be great. Um, so <clears throat> some of these have been answered already. So I think the first one is for uh, Lauren here, um, from Sonia Cheng regarding uh, the pragmatic search. How did you approach other researchers for data, e.g. through search of uh, observational clinical trials? Any difficulties with ethics approval regarding uh, data sharing? Yeah, I can provide an answer to that one. So um, we very much took a pragmatic approach. So I think ICAD one was very much a proof of principle. Um, there was a systematic search of the li literature, but this was also in, in addition to who we knew through our networks. Um, so that's how we identified the studies. Towards the end of the data pooling, we did have a couple of newish studies that actually approached us and we were able to include those. And they were quite, it was quite good that they approached us because one of them at least was one of the preschool studies, which were quite underrepresented. Um, in terms of the ethics, it's probably safe to say that it was a lot easier um, in 2008. Generally, the kind of data sharing governance and data protection was just more relaxed um, back then. So we did go through our due diligence in terms of that. And we had to ensure that each of the studies had ethical approval to collect the data, but also had permission for data sharing. And we had a secure site by which we transferred the data. Um, I know some of the um, initiatives that Mark talked about, like Sadie, for example, and I talked about in the um, chat with Propass. Um, these are initiatives which are more current day um, and they're actually having to deal with the reality now, which is um, that it's just a lot harder and it varies between, for example, Europe um, and North America. They will be different in terms of the regulations. Institutions will have their own regulations. So I think this is really why the federated analysis approach is probably the most feasible moving forward, um, because I think it's just become harder and harder to physically transfer data. Thanks. Uh, I actually have a quick question um, about ICAD. So you displayed the partners you had and globally how it was. Um, have you had an increase in certain regions or um, added new regions to the actual list? Obviously, the um, accelerometry, um, wrist, waist, different monitors has just boomed over, over the last um, kind of 10, 15 years. Um, so if we had the capacity, the funds, uh, the time, then we could expand to a lot more countries and it would actually um, enhance the utility of ICAD um, due to some of the challenges and just the way that ICAD works in terms of that we haven't, for example, done a federated approach means that it's not, it's very hard to see a way forward to expand out ICAD just because it's 
it's unfunded at the moment it's off the side of our desks um, one thing that I'm very passionate about is um, developing an ICAD book for low to middle income countries for example I think that would be a really great initiative um, I think it could be a pooling project but it could also be enhancing capacity um, in certain regions where they might not have the capacity that we have in, in other regions of the world um, but at the moment it would be actually how you target it so what's the mo back in 2008 it was just any study in children that collected data using Actograph now you'd have to have a bit of a stricter inclusion criteria because there are just so many studies out there yeah very true yeah there is a lot out there now um, so let's see looking through some other questions here um, which I think is kind of for both of you um, Lauren as you said uh, this is from Edna, and this is about, in the case that we do not have accelerometers, um, what will the options for evaluation be? So such as questionnaires, specific and validated questionnaires um, of certain children, kind of what will be the other processes in, in, instead of the accelerometer access? Mark, did you want to jump in and answer this question? I can comment, uh, Lauren, but, but you, you can too. Um, in the absence of the possibility of doing device-based measures, um, <clears throat> sadly, and, and this frankly is the case for all 24-hour movement behaviors, we don't have, in my opinion, good questionnaire modules, survey type modules um, that are applicable globally to measure movement behaviors throughout the day. Um, there isn't anything for physical activity, the WHO sort of stopped at adolescence. So school-age kids or younger kids, there, there isn't a globally validated instrument. And even for the adolescents, frankly, the, uh, the instruments that are used have been validated mostly in very high-income countries. And so the applicability, Edna, to, uh, to even Mexico, where you are, um, is questionable. So, and that's the same with sedentary behavior. Having said that, I know of initiatives that are going on in different parts of the world to try and address this, um, but it, it's really a sad state uh, of the development of our, our, our area of study that, um, that we don't have just core modules that have been validated in, in different parts of the world in urban and in rural settings. Almost everything that's been published and the data that's been collected uh, has been done in high income countries and even urban centers within high income countries. And even the little bit that does get done in low and middle income countries is generally done in urban settings, which is not even remotely representative of low and middle income countries where most people still live rurally. Yeah, perfect, thanks. Um, so we've got another question here from uh, Sonia uh, Chang. I think this will both of you here. Uh, what do you see as the biggest challenges uh, pooling and harmonizing existing data across devices, uh, placements, countries? Uh, for future initiatives, is it better to support prospective harmonization to create a global database? Um, what is done by ProPass Consortium? Um, kind of going through that sort of question. So either one of you uh, keen to answer that question? I, I, can, I, I can start, but I, you know, 
we are getting better at this, but we really need to work together and we need to do things like I introduced in my presentation, the Crosby study, which is just one little example, but it's, it's trying to gain consensus on what is it we should measure? How is it that we should report things? Um, Device-based stuff, the accelerometers have come a, a fair ways now that, that raw data are available. And so inter-device comparisons are possible now. That wasn't the case a little while ago where everything was sort of proprietary uh, and, and you couldn't compare this accelerometer to that accelerometer. So, so I would just encourage us to, to work together, to reach out and ask how others are doing it and where possible do the multi-country studies, um, which, which I find tremendously valuable. And there've been a few of them and there are a, a number of other um, such studies underway or, or about to get underway. And um, I think that's where we can learn so much more about how we should measure things, how we can compare things um, and challenge each other to, to get good samples that actually re represent our countries and the situations in the countries, which right now we have pretty darn good information on people that live in big cities and high income countries. And that's not where most people in the world live. I fully agree, especially with that last sentiment, Mark. Um, I think just to add to this, um, it, I didn't really illustrate it because of the brevity, I guess, of the presentation. But in the harmonization of, for example, questionnaire data, this relates to a, a point Mark made back along. Is there's a lot of assumptions, obviously, with questionnaire data anyway. But when you're harmonizing the data across lots of studies that have collected it in very different ways, you do have to end up losing quite a lot of the detail and the sensitivity in any measure that they might have. So I think prospective. Um, Kind of harmonization whether it be through monitors and devices or whether it be through self-report is really the way forward if possible okay thanks so um lauren there is a question uh for you which you kind of answered already uh, briefly in the chat um does icad collect um any info on self-reported uh, sedentary behavior you kind of briefly answer that do you mind going through and just um and a little bit more to that response if you don't mind please yes yes sure we do have some limited self-report um i think partly because of the questionnaires that we used um back when these studies were collecting data but also the type of um technologies that were around, it was still more dependent on TV viewing. So I think our best kind of indicator of sedentary behavior, which maybe was a little bit more appropriate for the for the time that the data was collected, is around uh, TV viewing. Um, one thing I should say, just in case, because I think there's some interest in using ICAD, one of the conditions of using ICAD is actually that the accelerometry data is, is the primary um, variable. So um, if there was any interest in using the self-reported sedentary behavior, it would have to be used in conjunction with um, the, for example, um, objectively measured sedentary time. Perfect, thank you. Um, so I just have a quick kind of uh, statement, just wondering or question here. So with, with this webinar focusing uh, on databases, what is kind of the next stage? What is the next process? So we know we've got databases around, such as ICAD. Um, we've also got Crosby coming through. Um, Central Behaviour Research Network. What is what is the next step then for trying to create a database? So we we do do we need to do more? Do we need to merge with other groups? What what would be the next step in terms of creating this 
a large accessible area in central behavior research, making it accessible online for people? What will be the next steps, do we think? Do you, want to go, do you want to go <laughs> first, Mark, or should, maybe I'll well, go first? And then <laughs> um, so I think the I think in the kind of this era of um, open data, I think what we need to be moving towards is an automated way by which people can very easily share data. But they're also thinking about sharing and harmonizing data um, before they've even started collecting data. So this could be like some of the prospective um, studies that, that Mark's talked about. Or even if you're just doing an individual study, part of your conception, your design of the study is bearing in mind how you will then pull the data with whatever comes next. The biggest issue, in addition to the kind of data protection and governance and transferring and ethics, is actually around, it's very clunky still. So in lots of other kind of data science, federated analysis, for example, and other systems that I know very little about, they are progressing. We need to capitalize on what's actually being developed outside of our field and really find ways by which we can better use the data that we collect because um, we answer very interesting questions, very impactful questions with our data, but our data can have so much more impact um, if it is pulled with other with other data to answer bigger, better, or well, maybe not better, but bigger questions and different questions. So I think it really comes to the infrastructure um, and we need to really kind of look outside of our field to see what, what initiatives and what progressions have been made. Yeah, and I, I think that, you know, a little bit of prospective thinking, too, that because it's so messy going backwards, that um, the way people collected things, the um, the type of data and how it were stored and, and even the rapidly changing world in which we live, data from 20 years ago just isn't that relevant anymore. The life of a kid in Canada compared to 20 years ago, it's just... It, 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 it's not a good thing to build policy on. So there are studies, and I'll, I'll mention just one that I'm quite involved with, the Sunrise Study. And you can, you can Google this, Sunrise International Study of Movement Behaviors of Children in the Early Years, something along that line. Um, and we're working with 41 countries at the moment. But, but the reason for saying that is, is, is as these large studies that have a lot of background work done uh, to develop them, for those that are interested in this type of research to try and get grants to become another country that will redo that study. So the protocol is there, the timing might be off by a year or two or whatever, but, but everything is there um, and, and you become part of a study. Uh, and we can do that wherever, whenever, and, and, and it, it, it's, it's a different way of doing things, but then the harmonization is pretty solid. The, the measures are solid. The, there's some information already there. It's already been troubleshot and, and uh, what works and what doesn't in many different countries around the world and so on. So, so it's, it's a different way to think of it, but sort of a prospective uh, way rather than uh, a, a retrospective way. I, I know we're out of time, Paul, but do you want to circle back to what you presented at the beginning? And, and is there anything from ICAT or SBURN that can and assist or contribute to or, or build upon uh, what you were presenting? Yeah, definitely. I mean, for us, as I say, this is a relatively new project, which we came through um, and very brief. This was decided last year at the, the ESPA Congress. Um, so it's kind of now the processes of where should we go through from here? Are we actually asking the right questions? Like this is something of interest to us. And so the actual next stage for us is 
speaking to others out there saying, what, what are we doing? Are we doing something right here? Are we doing something wrong? What should we be asking? You know, it's trying to identify those right questions um, so that we can develop this process. I mean, for us, the, the database side was the thing of this would be really, really interesting, but listening to the talks, it's, it's not a, a simple thing to be focusing on and that it, it takes a while to actually progress. So I think for us, it's now having discussions with a broader group of individuals outside of the SBC thinking, okay, where shall we take this next? How shall we take it next? Um, you know, we could do the search strategies and we create the papers, but what, what can we do beyond that side of things? Um, and as I said, we, we are uh, out of time here, but I think that would be great if we can have these discussions and uh, the SBC having discussions with both um, you two about what, where should we go with this? What, what is the processes? You guys have been through the processes um, as you can see in the presentations and it's, that's what we need to do now as a council to really progress this, to make it relevant and informative in a way that it should be, not just Here's another piece of uh, information on the side here, which kind of gets uh, lost to the world. So I think it's trying to make this really relevant and informative to a larger group. So, so I just want to say a very quick thank you. That was fantastic. Um, great questions as well from everyone. Really, really good. Great turnout. I think there was over 80 people, which is really fantastic. Um, just a quick update. So we have got a few more um, webinars planned. As you can see here, we um, have five webinars planned. The next one is focusing on the determinants of sedentary behavior. And this is gonna be on the 13th of June. At this stage, we have that planned and it'll be for the same time. We're trying to keep it consistent in terms of time. Um, we are still looking for speakers. So if you know anyone who, do, who you think would be interested or if you are interested, feel free to uh, send a message to myself or anyone um, in ISPA or the SBC related to this, and we'll be happy to have a discussion about that. Also a quick uh, plug and reminder, uh, become an ISPA member, you gain access to the recordings of the webinars, you get latest news from ISPA and from councils. Uh, for the SBC, you become um, a free member if you are part of ISPA, and you can get access to the mentoring program, which we've been running the last two years, as well as the member project, which we are currently running as well. So again, thank you very much for joining this webinar. Thank you, Mark and Lauren. Fantastic presentations and great discussions. It's made me think actually a lot of what we need to do with our projects and uh, how we should be approaching things. So really great. Thank you for your time and enjoy the rest of your day or good night, if, uh, <laughs> depending on what part of the world you're in. Thanks for joining us this week on Physical Activity Research Through Podcast. If you like the show, make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing or following the show on Twitter. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. If you found value in the show, we would really appreciate a rating on Apple Podcast or whichever app you're using. Or if you would, in a real old school way, simply tell a friend about the show. It would be a great help for us. We have a fantastic lineup of guests for forthcoming episodes, so be sure to tune in. Thank you all for your support and have a great day.